Welcome to the Same But Different podcast, a show that celebrates humanity, the ways we love others, the ways we keep love from coming in. We're going to dig deep. This show brings a dash of vulgarity and a whole lot of audacity to the Enneagram. If you're looking to know yourself on a deeper level, nurture healthier relationships, foster richer connections, and improve communication to make that happen, then you're in the right place, my friend. Hi, I'm your host, Amy, Enneagram alchemist and a fiercely supportive sister stepping in stride beside you. Are you ready to feel fucking seen? Are you ready to see others? Because I'm ready to ask those questions. The very things we're trying to avoid are exactly what we need to embrace in order to grow. So kick back. Take off your bra, get comfy, and let's fucking do this. Welcome back to the Same But Different podcast. This is the episode for me. So when I first came across the Enneagram several years ago, I immediately knew that I would want to eventually tie it into sex. Um, Growing up, I always wanted to be a sex therapist. I obviously never went that route, but it it was always just such, I had such a draw to that. So even when I uh, launched my coaching business last year, my Enneagram coaching business, I marketed myself as an Enneagram sex coach and it, it didn't feel in alignment. I felt a lot of resistance towards it. And I thought that it was just, you know, some unworthiness coming up for me, but it was honestly, I realized that I had I hadn't even scratched the surface in my Enneagram knowledge, and it was far too early to be taking on clients with such an important topic around both sex and the Enneagram. So I knew I would get here eventually to where I had felt like I had actually scratched the surface with my knowledge, and here we are. So I'm ready to have these conversations and very excited for it. I want to say that as with anything, take away from this episode what is meant for you, and leave the rest. Remember, the Enneagram is just a scale of our humanity. You are not just your type, and you are so much more than that. So take away whatever resonates with you here, regardless of the type that you're hearing about. So this podcast is all about connection. And what better way to deepen connection and get your needs met than in the bedroom? So the invitation is going to be self-discovery, It's going to be some reflection, and then it's going to be to have an open and vulnerable conversation with your partner about what you need for sex to be enjoyable. But as always, we're going to go inward first. And I want to say, if you're not partnered, if you're single, if you're uncoupled, I love the word uncoupled, um, this episode could still be really great for you to use for reflection. So what do you want with future sexual partners? How has your type shown up with sex in the past? Is there anything you don't want from your future sexual partners? Can you see how your past partner's type have shown up in the bedroom? So I just share all of those to say that there's a lot of opportunity for awareness and curiosity here. And just a little sidebar, I am going to say partner this entire episode. And I I do mean sexual partner. Not all sexual partners are romantic. So I just wanted to clarify that. This is also going to be a really good time to visit what is not working for you in the bedroom. So maybe it's something as simple as just moving your partner's hand for them and putting it somewhere else or showing them what you want to kind of guide them away from what you're not wanting or what they're already doing that you're not wanting them to do or talking before or after. But regardless of what it is, the purpose of all of this is that you put you first 
And that doesn't mean just saying what you want, but also addressing if there is anything happening currently that you don't want to continue. On the flip side of that, this is a great time to also affirm your partner for anything they're already doing that you love in the bedroom. So think about it. When's the last time someone shared with you that they enjoyed something you did for them or to them in the bedroom? We all know that is such a good feeling. And I've been with my husband for almost 15 years. And so I feel like, especially in these long-term relationships or partnerships, it's important to remember to continue to affirm what we're loving. So it's almost like I'm doing this episode kind of like a start, stop, continue kind of situation. What do you want to start doing in the bedroom? What do you want to stop happening in the bedroom? Again, if applicable. And what do you want to continue happening? So for the rituals, we're going to get curious as far as what we need. That's going to be our first step. And maybe you're someone who you really need to think on it for a bit or even start a running list in your phone or your journal or a Word doc, whatever works. Maybe you just start a running list as things come up. It might not be as simple as sitting down for 15 minutes and making a complete list at that point in time. You might need some time for things to kind of naturally pop up as you're going. So let's get into how to honor yourself in the bedroom because that's all this really is. It's honoring you and it's honoring your pleasure. So for type ones, we know that they love and need cleanliness. And we know that type ones notice these are humans who are hardwired to notice everything, but especially if something isn't as it should be or as they feel it should be. So if you're a type one and you know that your space needs to be just so, right, or however you want it ahead of time. And if you know that there are things that you could, you know, visually see during sex that could potentially bother you, what could you do to prepare before sex to avoid that so you can instead focus on pleasure? And maybe, okay, maybe you even make like a a sex prep checklist. And I know to some people, checklists aren't sexy. But I'm here to say that all those people are wrong. Checklists are very sexy. So if you're someone who needs to get out of your head before Make that part of your conversation with your partner. What helps you get out of your head the most? Is there maybe something that they could do to help you get out of your head? Or even that prep we're talking about. Or maybe you prefer to do the prep and you instead ask them to help you get out of your head. A massage, foreplay, whatever it might be. So really think about that. What do I need ahead of time and what do I need during? That's going to be key. So type ones, you've got your ritual, you've got your sexy checklist, and now if if it feels good and right to you, you can take that and have an open and honest conversation with your partner about it. Type twos, we know that these are humans who diminish their needs, and sometimes they might not even know what their needs are. We also know they can struggle to ask for what they want, making it hard for them to use their voices, and all of that can come along with them to the bedroom, along with their really good friend, shame. (laughs) So if you lead with type two, let's start with getting in touch with what you want and what is enjoyable for you. Let's define your pleasure if you don't already know. So get curious and notice here. Maybe there are things that partners have done to you in the past or in the present that you like. Maybe there's things you've done to yourself or you even fantasized about. Type twos really tend to just crave this emotional connection. So do you need to feel loved? 
or even have needs met outside the bedroom in order to enjoy sex? And if so, what does that look like? What are the specific things that you need from your partner? Specifics are exactly what we're going for here. So if receiving pleasure is difficult for you, maybe you would like foreplay up front to immediately get to connection and pleasure, or maybe cuddling or being physically close before could help kind of ease you into putting those needs up front. And have you ever considered type twos, whether it would make a difference if you are the one to receive first, or maybe you need to be the one to receive second. But for me, I have to get that emotional connection and physical closeness up front. So it's me first. But other people might feel like I need my partner to receive first before I can. So I don't know, kind of think around that. Maybe it doesn't make any difference to you, but just something to, to notice if it does. So once you know what your wants are, and once you know what your needs are from your partner, it's time to let them know. And I promise you can fucking do this. They can't read our minds. I know we wish they could. <laughs> and I know that this can feel extra hard for type twos. But my friends, hear me when I say you fucking deserve this. Type threes, we know you have shit to do. <laughs> and it might be challenging for threes to slow down and really be in that moment and separate themselves as well as their minds and their bodies to separate all of that from all the things that they need to be done or that they feel need to be done. And I want to be really careful here because I am not wanting to or trying to, what I'm not saying is type threes go hard and do more. So then you can rest and have sex. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not pushing type threes to do more. That's not the goal. I think the question instead is, what do you need to get into the moment? Maybe it's a bath ahead of time or reading a couple chapters of a book, bonus points for smut. Um, is there anything on that checklist that you could delegate to your partner and allow them to take some of those tasks off your plate? Or maybe, okay, maybe there's even certain things that you always want done before sex. And maybe those things can become your partner's tasks. Because I mean, don't you want your sex to be efficient? So this is going to help with efficiency. So what can your pre-sex ritual be that helps you slow down a bit and get ready to shift your mindset from doing to, well, you know, doing? <laughs> so type fours, we know you crave being seen and understood for exactly who you are. So it makes a lot of sense that that happens in the bedroom and that you probably need deep emotional connection to be authentic and for you to be seen as authentic when you're having sex. In those moments, you are showing the most raw and vulnerable version of yourself. So of course you want them to see the real you during that. You're quite literally taking off your clothes and saying, here I am. So I'm wondering for the fours, have you ever shared with your partner what they currently do in the bedroom, even outside of the bedroom, that makes you feel understood? Also, are there things happening outside the bedroom that still impact your pleasure with sex or how you feel seen when you are having sex? And it's also important, if there is anything they are currently doing that's making you feel misunderstood, it would be really beautiful if you let them know that. 
And we also know type fours tend to have an aesthetic that goes along with their emotional selves. So is there an aesthetic or a vibe or a mood that you like to set in the bedroom? And if so, is this something that would feel good to have you and your partner do together? Maybe you come up with some kind of aesthetic together. You're setting that mood together ahead of time, maybe with some deep conversation. That could be a really beautiful and fun ritual to do together. So on to type fives. We know that fives are comfy, cozy up in their minds and their inner world. We know that's where they are putting all of their energy. And I would imagine it's a huge energetic leap to go from being in your mind so much to then being in your body, to then experiencing pleasure and the physicality of sex. Like That's a lot. So it would be so normal if your needs here feel overwhelming or like this is something you can just put into a box. But what if... What if you and your partner open that box together? What do you need to help you come down from that beautiful mind and to stay out of that beautiful mind while you are in the moment of intimacy with them? Again, if that's what you're wanting, do you need some time between mental stimulation and sexual stimulation? And if so, what might that look like? Is there an actual time frame that you need within there? Anything that's helping you shift away from that mental stimulation that helps you get down into your body and into your pleasure. What can your partner do to help you with that process in a way that feels good to you, in a way that's not going to feel invasive or like they are pressuring you? We know fives can be the absolute best at setting boundaries and saying no and sticking to their very safe inner world. So the invitation here is for you to come out of that inner world in order to receive pleasure, but in a way that feels safe to you. Speaking of safety, type sixes, we know that's what they're looking for in life, safety. Like a lack of safety and security can heavily impact them. So it makes sense that this is something that can follow them into the bedroom. And again, you were at your most vulnerable moments during sex, and that opens you up for a lot of risk which is exactly what type sixes are always scanning for. And they can also really, really deal with some anxiety as well. So safety and trust are going to remain pretty important to them. So people who lead with six, can you define what safety and trust mean to you when it comes to sex? What do you actually need from your partner specifically to keep you feeling a sense of safety? Is there anything you absolutely need them to not do? Does a safe word maybe make sense just as a fallback, right? That worst case scenario, right? As a fallback. Is there anything that does quiet your anxiety so you can receive pleasure? So maybe as a ritual, it's some preparing, even together, maybe if that feels good, to ensure that you're both on the same page. Does maybe having a calming environment help to quiet the noise? If so, what are some things that you or you and your partner could do ahead of time to assist with that. Type sevens, they are going to come the fuck through with some fun and spontaneity. We know you want to fully live. And my God, I love you for that. I love you for that because it's going to show up in the bedroom. And I am married to a seven. So I love it for you. And I love it for me. <laughs> as far as, as far as the fun goes, can you take a moment to consider what is fun? 
What keeps you interested in the moment? Maybe for you, there isn't a damn ritual. Maybe for you, it's just you're just ensuring you have the space and time to fully enjoy yourself and making sure you don't get bored. I would still invite you to notice for a minute, again, if it feels good, is there anything working really well for you or not working really well? Would it feel good to affirm your partner about those things so they continue to happen? Or is there anything you need to address that's maybe bringing you down in the bedroom or that maybe makes the experience for you not feel as fun as you would like? And if so, those are some beautiful things to address. All right, type eights, they get it done, period. So on to nights. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But honestly, these are the humans who are going to ask for what they want. They're going to let you know how they want it done, probably complete with instructions, and they're going to take action on their own without much hesitation. Type 8s stay on that BDE in and out of the bedroom, and I celebrate the hell out of that. So if you lead with type 8, you probably address things in the moment, and a ritual might seem like a waste of time or might just be a waste of time for you. But if a, if a quick check-in feels good here, are your needs being fully met? Are there things you could potentially share a bit more vulnerably with your partner to allow yourself to receive more pleasure? Because you tend to be the on person and in charge a lot. So not being charged in the bedroom might be exactly what you want. Have you expressed that? Are they following your instructions when you say what you want? Because those big, those big hearts that type type eights have and protect so fiercely, they tend to crave emotional connection with their partners. Is that happening? Similar to type sevens, it might not be a ritual for you, right? It might not be something at all that you need to do. Maybe it's just an invitation to check in with yourself every now and then. All right, type nines. These are our humans who don't want to rock the boat often and they can be disconnected from themselves. They can struggle to get in touch with knowing what they want. And we know they don't always see how inherently worthy they are. So combine all of that together, and it could potentially result in someone never getting in touch with their pleasure or just maybe never fully tapping into it. And you deserve that if you decide that's what you want. All of us do. And just like the twos, I am very sorry to regrettably inform you (laughs) that it is going to require you to ask for what you want here. But we're going to kind of ease our way into that. So let's start with if you don't know what you like. Let's say you're not sure at all. First, I want to say that that is so normal. Unless you have ever taken the time to be really intentional with learning you at this level. How would you know? No one's going to tell you, right? So you're doing it now. If you're doing it now. I hope you recognize that this is you starting to become self-aware of yourself. And I hope you are so fucking proud. I know I am. So I think one beautiful way to start, again, if you're not sure at all what it is, what you like or what you're wanting or what you want to ask for, say you're someone who says, I don't have a fucking clue. Then I think a really beautiful way to start could be by exploring just on your own, just you, just your body, and obviously whatever else you want with you. So even if it's 20 minutes, set a timer, whatever that might look like for you. But this is just you, just you. So we're going to use those professional lifelong type nine skills at all things comfy, cozy, and get your bed or whatever space and set it up however feels best. Candles, incense, music, 
blankets. I know y'all got blankets. Lube, toys if that feels good, low lighting, lights off, or open the fucking curtains, whatever it works, whatever works best. And once you have it all set up, remember, you can change any of it at any time. So I think having a little mindfulness practice here would be really beautiful. Really noticing, do I like how this candle smells? Is this music helping me enjoy myself or or is it distracting me? Am I comfortable in this lighting? All of that, I know it can feel foreign because it is all about you. It's you and nothing and no one else. But I feel that doing it in this way could be a really safe way of exploring it. And this is honestly a practice of just awareness in your bodies. And my friend, that is very powerful for type nines to do. So if you take this first step, please know there is, there's no timeline here. However long this takes is the timeline, period. So let's fast forward. You've done this once or twice or 57 times. At whatever point you realize, okay, I'm starting to learn things about myself. When we're at that point, remember, you're not trying to have it all figured out. So if it felt good to you, another step or option could be exploring your body along with your partner, having them help you figure out what you want together. That can be such a connected experience, the play, the adventure, being spontaneous, all of it. But if that's the path you take, it does still require you to be honest about what you're wanting to get out of it and letting your partner know how you want it to go. And then letting them know what you like, either in the moment or afterwards. So for type nines, I think a really beautiful ritual can be, let's figure out our pleasure first and foremost. And how do we keep that at the forefront of our minds throughout our intimate moments with our partner? There's obviously endless ways to approach all of these conversations. And they can, of course, be incredibly sensitive conversations. And I am not saying to sugarcoat this. I'm not saying to white glove this. But I am saying that this is an appropriate time to consider someone else's feelings, someone else's emotions, and their experiences, especially if you know that there's any kind of past sexual trauma. There's no one right way to go about this. Maybe you decide to do all of this work on your own before even letting your partner know. Or maybe you let them know you're doing it, and then you choose to do it alone. Or maybe you do it all together. Whatever works for you, that's the right way. I also want to say, if you end up being on the receiving end of a conversation like this, say your partner comes to you with a ritual, they've done some noticing, they've done some awareness, and they have a ritual, can you make space for their needs? Can you see a conversation like this as an opportunity for you to give your partner more pleasure? for you to be the person who gives that to them. Because what a fucking gift. Can you check your ego at the door? If your partner says, this is what I need, or if your partner says, this is what I want you to stop doing, can you really drop your ego? Can you drop your pride? Because if not, I would invite you to ask yourself why and just get curious around that. No shame, no shame at all. Just some noticing. I do want to say that we are not looking to manipulate with any of these things, right? These are not meant to be used as a, hey, I cleaned the bedroom, I lit the candle, so let's go. Consent is sexy, my friends. So please use this this information however feels best and safest to you. I'm imagining people doing this together as partners, each creating their own rituals, each having 
items that they have thought about, the items, each having things that they've thought about in the bedroom that feel best to them and just coming together and having a really raw conversation. I am here to say that in 2023, we need to close the orgasm gap. It's time. And how do we do that? We say, this is what I fucking want. Go get it. You fucking deserve it. Until next time, friends.